You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. May 3rd, 2018 here on FUVFC. I'm John Furlong. We've got the man of the hour with us today. He's been on a lot recently and for good reason. His name is Luke Fiore, our resident resident Liverpool fan. Luke, how are you, man? I'm doing extremely well right now. I would imagine. <laughs> And you, you're doing really well because as a Mets fan as well, you, Jacob deGrom avoided the, uh, the clutches yes. of injury of injury death, pretty much you could say. Injury hell. I don't, I don't know if that, I'm allowed to say that, but yeah. he, avoided that. he definitely avoided that. Yeah, that, that was a little scary situation, but hopefully it is behind him now. So we'll talk about Liverpool. Obviously, we'll talk about them at length. We're going to pretty much talk about the, the we're going to recap the semifinals and then we'll move on to the final. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Very Real y- European royalty in this match. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, three of the four, uh, three of the four teams in the final four had that little badge on, signifying like more than five times winners. So yeah. this has been a really, this has been full of European royalty. And this final, I mean, the biggest European club, the best, the, the club with the best European pedigree in England, Liverpool, going up against twelve-time champion and two-time defending champion yeah. Real Madrid. We uh, Liverpool's going to have a tough task trying to avoid that three-peat. Uh, but it's going to be an exciting game. Real Madrid showed some weakness on defense in that game against Bayern, um, enough for Klopp to maybe crack the code. Listen, there's there's going to be goals scored on both sides. I'm I'm sure Cristiano Ronaldo and company will be able to poke through Liverpool's defense. <laughs> it's just going to be whether who scores the most amount of goals. And it's it should be a really fun final. And yeah. watch it watch it be like nil nil and go to penalties. Like that's that would be crazy. That's just sports for you. Like hey. once everybody thinks one thing is going to happen, it goes the other way. I mean, Taylor Navas had an incredible game. I can't like, stand how people are so against him, especially in Madrid. Like stop. Like he's yeah. a, he's a really good. He's blossomed into such a good keeper. Before even before the game, I was like Taylor Navas, the goalkeeper for Real Madrid, one of the best clubs. And then he had that type of game. I mean, you can't knock him. Yeah, he was he was fantastic in that game. We've also got Mir Gori on the phone. Mir, how are you, man? Doing great. Sorry, whoa. Doing great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been so long. I guess, you know, my, my just start on to the pod is a sign why. I mean, wow. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, lots to say uh, about the games. Uh, my only statement really about the upcoming final is I think this is going to be one of those games, the historic games, where we say the the heavyweights show up. And I think it's going to be whether Cristiano Ronaldo can lead the team or Salah can lead the team because mm-hmm. neither side can really play proper defense. One, because Real is not disciplined. Two, because Liverpool is a bit undermanned and, and you know, Milner can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, you're going to kind of see whoever wins this game is going to win the Champions League and is going to win the Ballon d'Or. And, wow. you know, it, it, it's just mm-hmm. going to be one of those historic games where you really say it was really the, the, the poster child of each team going head-to-head. Who can score more goals? I set up their teammates. I disagree with you slightly, Mir, and we'll get to that later on in the show. I want to recap the semifinals first, but just a little bit of a tease. I kind of disagree with you on that. I don't think it's necessarily 1v1, as you might imagine. I'll get into that in just a little bit. We'll start with Liverpool-Roma. That was the one from yesterday. 
Four two yesterday. They really Liverpool. Everybody knew Liverpool was going to make it sweat it out, but they made they yeah. sweat it out with a ninety fourth minute penalty from Roger Nangolan. It, it made mm. it it made it really tight at the end. But Liverpool does get through. They win seven six on aggregate. They are through to their first Champions League final since two thousand seven. First English team since Chelsea five years ago to make it to the Champions League final. Mm. And as a, as a Chelsea fan and as a fan of the EPL, I'm very happy. Full disclosure, like Liverpool is kind of that one big six team. I don't really mind if it, if this was Arsenal or Man United or Spurs, I would be absolutely cheering against them. But it, mm-hmm. if it's City or Liverpool, like it's like, all right, they're not they're not yeah. too harmful. Back at ten years ago, I would be furious because Liverpool Chelsea had that real good rivalry like ten years ago between like two thousand and seven and two thousand nine. But recently, I don't really mind Liverpool as much as I do other teams. They've mm-hmm. run they're run by Boston owners. They seem to be really nice guys. LeBron has a stake in the team. So I think yeah. it's it's cool. I, I I like that. But Liverpool, they're through to the Champions League final. What impressed you the most about Liverpool's performance? Um, it can be from it can be from one leg or combined. Well, the first leg was absolutely astounding, but I, I want to delve a little bit more into the second leg. I think Wijnaldum scoring his first career away goal um, is pretty important, especially with career him. for Liverpool. I would imagine. yeah, career yeah. for Liverpool. Um, uh, it's pretty important going into the final uh, because. I mean, he's going to need to be an essential part of this attacking team. Yes, they have Salah, Mane, Firmino up top, but I think Real Madrid knows about those guys. They're known commodities, and they're going to they're going to do their best to try and contain them. I know Marcelo and Salah is going to be a, a nice matchup. Uh, Mane and Carvajal, it's going to be a nice matchup. But if Wijnaldum can bring to the table kind of what they have been lacking since Oxley Chamberlain uh, got injured, I think that could be a surprise weapon that Liverpool could really utilize uh, to kind of catch Real Madrid off guard and maybe make some noise, have him hopefully score another goal. Well, do I think it's going to happen necessarily? Probably not. But um, but I think Wijnaldum could be a very important factor in this next game. So what you went, you obviously you, the easy answer is to say Salah, but you went with Gigi Wijnaldum mm-hmm. as your, wow, as your biggest surprise. Well, no, I mean, in the first leg, obviously, that Salah goal, top upper 90, oh, it was beautiful. But, um, but I think Wijnaldum could really be an important, He's going to play an important part in this game. We know about the top three and how well Milner's played in the Champions League. Mir, same question to you. Um, for me, I was not really actually that impressed with Liverpool in terms of uh, a specific player. I thought Salah did the usual thing. Yeah, one of them, good job. You know, bad defense. Roma doesn't have a good defense, so it wasn't like that shocking. But what I was really, really impressed by from Liverpool is there is a sense, and I don't know if this is a thing just yet because enough teams haven't done it, but the concept of storming, which is rushing three, four attackers, maybe even five, um, all at once on a counter, just seems to be um, a new style of play that is really overwhelming a lot of defenses, and it's what, what Liverpool used to beat City, and it's what has gotten Liverpool to kind of lose to some tougher teams that maybe are more rigid in the midfield, but are better equipped to face kind of the, the upper-tier teams. Because if you look at it, Liverpool doesn't have the talent level that most of the top teams do. But the thing is what they have is they can go against midfields of the top teams that don't have really legit defenses. And that's why I think, you know, Real Madrid will have to play Casemiro a lot in the final. But what really impressed me was there's this tactical shift that Klopp is that's kind of sort of invented or maybe has, has had a wrinkle to Pep's system, the, the tiki-taka. And that's what impressed me a lot with Liverpool because, yes, I mean, they could have lost both games and they could have not advanced. 
But what they showed was a sign of what is to come in the future for Liverpool, and I think it's extremely exciting for them. So you're going with Liverpool as a whole is the thing that most – and that's a completely valid answer for me. I was really impressed with Sadio Mane, and mm-hmm. he is the he. In my opinion, he is the key to Liverpool's success. I know Salah extremely underrated. I now. I mean, look, I mean, he's been underrated because he's so he was so overlooked. He's been so overshadowed by Salah this season. But last year, he was. It might have been last year. Was it two seasons it last ago? Year. Last year, he was so 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 important to Liverpool. He how he pl- how he played dictated how far Liverpool went. And this season, he's kind of taken a back seat. But he is still so so good and so important to this team. In my opinion, this isn't a. Cristiano Ronaldo versus Mo Salah kind of thing. I think it's going to be marketed as that, and for good reason. These are two of the three best players in the world right now. Salah has taken that number three spot over from Neymar behind Messi and Ronaldo. But Sadio Mane, in my opinion, is the number is the key to this game because let's be honest, I don't think Salah has faced a defense as good. He's going to have to go up against Marcelo and or Danny Carvajal, depending on whether they whether Mane or excuse me whether Salah kind of drifts to the left or drifts to the right. So those are some really really tough, tough. Uh, what is it? Fullbacks or it's fullbacks yeah. for outside defenders, right? Yeah, okay, they're fullbacks. Okay, fullbacks. That's what I always get that messed up. But yeah, fullbacks. Those are some really really high quality ones. And on the other side, Ronaldo. Running down the wing, and I'm not necessarily running down the wing, but you've got players like Isco and Lucas Vasquez running down the wing against players like Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. I mean, they've been so, so, so good this year. I mean, they, they have been just as important to Liverpool's success as Mo Salah has. However, that's that's a whole new ball game going up against a player like that. And whose fault, pretty much whose fault was it that Liverpool lost the Europa League final a couple of years ago? It was the left-back Alberto Moreno. So it's <laughs> Liverpool knows how valuable fullbacks can be especially in a big cup final yeah um I think that Robertson's going to be up for the challenge I mean he's played so well all season his pace has allowed him to run up and down the field constantly while making through balls into the box and still getting back on defense I think the the problem is going to arise with Alexander Arnold not because I mean listen coming into the season Nathaniel Klein was supposed to be the starting right back um, that was kind of thrust upon Alexander-Arnold, and he's only 19. To ask him to guard guys on Real Madrid, maybe even Cristiano Ronaldo if he's moved back to left wing, that's just not fair for any 19-year-old. So, I mean, yes, while Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to probably be the guy that Real Madrid is going to attempt to exploit, he's only 19. So he's got time to blossom. Liverpool's just got to be very conscious of that. They've done a good job by playing Van Dyke on that side, on the right side of center back. So um, they just they just need to really be aware of that, um, especially if Klopp does decide to go with the back three later in the games, as you've seen him do against both legs of Roma and in other recent games, he's moved to a back three with the two wing backs. They just got to be very very careful of that right side. I want to move on to the other semifinal mirror, but I just want to ask you a question about Roma. Your th- just. Being from Italy, your thoughts on how they made it to the semifinal, really against all odds. Obviously, we talked about them beating Barcelona in the quarterfinals, but you're, just to sum up what this Roma run to the Champions League semifinal meant to Italian soccer. Uh, it's, it's really unique in two ways. One, it's the first time that a non, uh, kind of the big three, I guess, of Italian soccer, Inter, Milan, and Juventus, has, has been this far. You know, I think since, uh, since I think, the, the 90s, 
when uh, Sampdoria was in the final in 91. So this is before any of us was uh, was born. So that is that is I hadn't really thought about that. That is true. Yeah, that is that is really phenomenal and and you know it shows the health of the league. So that is very fundamental. The second thing is it showed that the you know the traditional Catenaccio that Italy always plays that really staunch back five defense, you know. There's instead Rome has the complete opposite. They have a good midfield, good attack and terrible pathetic defense. So it is a sign that the Serie A is trying to advance and evolve. Um, but at the same time, I do want to say one last thing is that, you know, Roma had a legit chance to win both games. And and I think that's something concerning for Klopp. And to Luke's point that he was, he was saying Klopp moved to a back three at the end of the game, that's only because they were ahead. Um, but I, I, I did like the, the fight that Roma showed, and it's, it's a sign of things to come. You know, it wasn't a fluky thing because they are a gritty team. And Jekyll, I know he didn't fit in at Manchester City, has been absolutely phenomenal in, in, at Roma. Just really, really phenomenal. Mira, I 100% agree with everything you're saying except one thing. You said that Roma could have won the first leg? Uh, sorry, I, I meant in the sense of like, you know, the, in the first leg, there were two goals that, that were kind of, they gave up on in the 60th, I think 66th and 69th minute that were pretty pathetic. And and they were the they were the better team for the first 20 minutes, I will give you that. Yeah. Roma were on top for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and they gave up two really kind of like zero effort goals in the 66th, 69th minute in the first leg, which would have made the game 3-2. I'm, I'm not saying necessarily that they would have won the first game, but the games were much, much closer than maybe the scores were indicate. And I do think it's really kind of funny that if Roma would have scored that fifth goal, they would have they would have gone to the overtime 5-2, just like Liverpool won the previous game 5-2. So that was kind of funny. But, you know, a team that has more to come, more to offer, uh, they're going to replace the Rossi probably because he's old. But young players and, you know, a lot, a lot to, to be hopeful for for them. All right, second semifinal, we'll talk about that now. Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid. Real Madrid really have Bayern Munich's number. Spanish teams have Bayern oh Munich's God. number. It's been six, five straight eliminations, 14, 15, yeah. 16, 17, and 18. Yeah. So five straight eliminations at the hands of Spanish teams for Bayern Munich in the Champions League, depending on sometimes the semifinals, most of the time the semifinals, but a couple years ago the quarterfinals. Bayern Munich defeated. It's tough considering Neuer's been out all year. They have Ulreich in there who has done a decent job, but that second goal for Real Madrid, an absolute disaster. That 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 just can't happen. I put as much as much blame on the defender. I forget exactly. Was it Sula who who gave him the back I pass? So. Okay, I can't remember exactly the defender. I'm blanking on that. But that was an absolute disaster, and without that goal, I mean, this this is a completely different tie yeah. because that that gave Real Madrid. They, in my opinion, I think they were second best in that game. I think they deservedly won the first leg, but I thought Yupenkis mm-hmm. had that t- played it perfectly in the second leg, and I think Byron, in my opinion, I thought Byron in the second leg deserved to go through to the final. Yeah, um, I I would agree with that statement, especially getting back to Ulreich's like his his screw up. Yeah, that that is just a mental mistake. But they're playing without Neuer, who is the best player. I mean, the best goalie in the world, barring David de Gea. Maybe well, David de Gea right now because he's played so much more. Neuer's been out all year. But still, one of the top two goalies in the world. Um, that that's pretty important. Plus, they're playing without Boateng now and Arjen Robin. So I mean, they're playing without some of their key guys. Yes, they got Alaba back for the second leg, but. I agree with you, John. Like the way they played, just they completely outclassed Real Madrid that second game. And 
I think they definitely should have gone through if it if it weren't for that screw up at uh, with the second goal in the fair in the first thirty seconds yeah. of the second half. Jump Jump Hank is unfortunately he deserved a lot better. He he has won a cha- was he manager when they won the Champions League in twenty thirteen? Yeah. He yeah. was. That's what I thought. Okay, guys, I remember he was there in twenty twelve, but then he stayed next year for twenty thirteen. Okay, that makes sense. So Mir, over to you. What did you think of you? We talked about Bayern Munich. What did you see out of Real Madrid? Are you confident in them heading into the final? John, I actually want to one-up you on that uh, the original stat that they've lost the last, I think, five years. They've actually lost the last, I think, four years in a row. I've, I've so far looked it up, it's three, maybe even four, that they've lost to a Madrid team. In, 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 like, yeah, Atletico. If they throw throwing an Atletico in there, the year they I mean, the, the year yeah. Atletico went to the Champions League final. Right. I mean, it's just it's it's honestly so frustrating for them. I couldn't imagine. I love what Hankus has done for Bayern because he's brought back the Bayern way. Uh, I don't know what it is with Germans. It's similar with Italians. German uh, coaches seem to get the most out of out of Bayern, whereas you know uh, uh, Italian coaches seem to usually get the most out of out of Itali- uh, out of Italian teams, other than Mourinho with Inter, which was really phenomenal what he did. But uh, I was actually really excited for Bayern. I'm kind of sad that they're that Hankus is going to go back into retirement. Um, I thought that they had a really good team. Um, yes, the, the, they lost only because of, well, two reasons. One, because of Neuer, and two, uh, the call Because of missing bad. Neuer. Uh, yeah, not having Neuer. But, but also, the calls were kind of bad, but I have to be honest with you. Lewandowski doesn't really show up. The only times he shows up mm. are in Bundesliga games and in, like, World Cup qualification games that is very true and that is something that hasn't really been talked about that much he has been very quiet against big teams the last real one he's the only time he's come up against big teams winning with with Dortmund I mean he had that great showing against against Real Madrid when they went to the final in 2013 was the main attacking option for uh for Bayern these past two games that is a great shout man and 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 the other thing is you know like Lewandowski has also not shown up in the big games of the international games you know like in the Euros he was very very like quiet you know, only in qualifications he seems to do well against bad teams, and in Bundesliga he seems to do well uh, against bad teams. I I think he lost a lot of money in this game because Real just decided, you know what, we're not going to get him because there was that off chance that they might get him this summer. I think after that game, they know they don't really need him at all because he he doesn't really show up in the big moments, and that's what you have to do for Real. Um, the other thing I want to say is Neuer, uh, he's kind of a unique goalkeeper. He can play the sweeper. He was he, in the World Cup, the last World Cup, he was transcendent in that. He will be kind of like a, it's a, his performance in 2014 was like a time marker of the evolution of the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that that cannot be uh, like under, like uh, stated enough. In, in their performance in, in this whole season is that they've been missing not just a, 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 a elite goalkeeper, but the the most unique goalkeeper to come about in, in, since maybe the, uh, the the 90s of of a of a specific type of goalkeeper that's super athletic that can play the sweeper role, plays like a center back, but can also be a goalkeeper. I think that was extremely important. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was for the taking for Bayern. They could have advanced, and Real, you know, they're showing that they're a championship team. You know, they they should have lost to Juventus, they should have lost to Bayern, but they do enough to get through. They do get some calls, I admit that, but I think all big teams do. So when you big teams play big teams, that's not really valid enough excuse. It's more like they just they do enough to win, and sometimes that's all you got to do. Atletico, I think, two or three years ago, won La Liga just because. 
they did enough right things to win La Liga. And one more thing I want to uh, mention about Bayern is they completely neutralized Cristiano Ronaldo in that game. So yeah, in the I, second leg, yeah, in the second leg. So I think Liverpool really, Klopp really needs to look at that, think very hard because they Real looked like the second best team in that um, in that game because uh, Ronaldo wasn't getting touches. He was pretty much virtually useless. So well, but Luke, he missed that chip shot that was a pretty true, clear yeah. goal. And and in the previous game, he got that handball and he just didn't position himself. I have to say, in the last three games, not just Champions League, but in general, he hasn't been his. He's been playing more like 2017 Cristiano Ronaldo the first half of the season. Mm. He so you know I think I think we should also consider that that it's also he's just not playing up to the level right now. Yeah. So uh, Klopp really needs to uh, take that into account. And Klopp um, has shown that he, when a blueprint is out there, he can execute it to yeah. perfection. I mean, look at what happened with City. I mean, the, he found a way to beat City, and he beat them three times. I yeah. mean, he, he beat them City. in he, he exactly no one hundred percent. He did. He absolutely had City's number this year. So let's let's use this as kind of a springboard into talking about the final. We've got Jurgen Klopp. We've got Zinedine Zidane, who is still. Never been eliminated from the Champions League in his managerial career, which is incredible to think about. Zidane, in my opinion, is by far the best manager in the world right now, and it's really, really cool to see him doing so well at a club that he loves and such a player that it was when we were young, but a player that we saw playing in his prime. I mean, the 2006 World Cup, he had one of the best. He he was one of the best individual performers at any World Cup in history. He took that World Cup by the scruff of the neck. Unfortunately, obviously, he didn't make it to the penalty shootout in the final, but. Zinedine Zidane, it's just it's just so impressive to see what he's done. But Jurgen Klopp is no slouch either. He's been one of the best managers in the world this year as well. Who are you giving the edge to managerially? And then we'll get into our official predictions in just a little bit. Managerially, I'm going to give the blueprint to... Or I'm going to give it to Klopp. But bar, keeping in mind that I still think Real Madrid, you can never count against Cristiano Ronaldo and Zidane, especially in Champions League. But I give it to Klopp because... Yes, Liverpool has some weaknesses. Everybody knows it. They don't play they, on set pieces. They play sloppy defense. Lovren is prone to cards. Um, Carius has mental lapses. Like There are obvious mistakes uh, with Liverpool, obvious errors that they can commit. But Real is, is Real. They've won two Champions Leagues in a row. But So the reason I give it to Klopp is because he's shown in the past that he can make in-game adjustments like he did against City in the second leg that really help the team uh, propel and and also being a great halftime motivating manager. In addition to that, I think he can learn from Bayern's performance against Real, really try and neutralize Cristiano Ronaldo and say, hey, my, my, uh, my front three is better than your front three if we can neutralize Ronaldo, and that's all we really need. Um, we can outscore you guys. So I think Klopp, I give Klopp the edge right here. I still think Real Madrid is going to win, though. I would give it to Zidane only for this. People don't realize that France in the World Cup has always been pretty underperforming in their history. But when Zidane was playing, he took them to three straight finals. That is a remarkable. No, he he took him to he took him to a final in '98 and '06. He didn't take him to the final in '02. Oh, in the sorry semifinal then I or no I, I they got yeah, eliminated in the group bad. stage in '02. Yeah, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad, but. He took him to two finals. 
you know, won one, lost another, and lost one because he lost his head, basically. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, the, the other thing to just state is the guy's a gamer. You know, now, yes, Liverpool is coming into this, and I completely agree with, with Luke, coming in with this new tactic of storming, and it's perfect against a undisciplined a defensive side like Real. I mean, Real does not have a good defense at all. What they have is individually uh, good soccer players, and Varane is a, a really good defender, and Casemiro is a good a defender, but they don't play as a unit properly because they're so focused on going forward. So you're going to see a lot of goals in this game, but I'm going to go with Zidane only on this, is that he is very good at making his lineups and adjusting the lineups with his subs. Whereas I have to say that's what Klopp's biggest complaint has like people have had on Klopp is that mm. he doesn't adjust well um, his system to the situation. He just seems to only be able to play one system. Now he plays it so well and the, the strategy of storming is so overwhelming for defenses that usually he doesn't need to worry about it. And he's very good at motivating players. So I think Liverpool's coming in hot. But Zidane might be the guy that is that kryptonite to Klopp, like Mourinho is. I mean, no matter how much I think Klopp is a better manager than Mourinho, Mourinho has won more, and Mourinho shows that he sometimes, you know, begrudgingly will do it. He will adjust at times, whereas Klopp has not yet shown to really adjust his his system, neither at Dortmund nor at Liverpool. Even though he has evolved, it hasn't really changed. Um the, the, the reason why I said that Cristiano Ronaldo will be fundamental as well as Mosala in this game is because of the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't had a good like Champions League the past two games, right? He hasn't been very good. Now, it could be because of Bayern. It could be just because he's been looking flat the last three or four games, even in La Liga. So that's why I'm saying it's critical for him because Milner and Van Dijk are going to key in on Cristiano Ronaldo and try to defuse him because he creates a lot of pressure on defenses, obviously, um, because he's such a great goal scorer at this point in his career. So it's going to be very important for Klopp to motivate his his team to recognize the track back a little more. Yeah, I would just like to say one thing uh, for and against that. Um, I think a good point that you made was that Klopp has trouble adjusting. Uh, As you've seen every time, I think legitimately every time Klopp has gone to the back three with the two wing backs, They've let in at least one goal late. I know they did it against Stoke. They did it against Roma. Um, they've done it against Man City, I think, when they played in the Premier League. So Yeah, late in the game. It was 4-1, and they made it 4-3 yeah. towards the end. So that that oh, is right, true. Yeah, yeah. But um, I also think that he has shown some some willing to change up top because in the, um, in the second game against City uh, in Champions League, he moved Salah to striker. And then moved Firmino to left wing and Mane to right wing, which I thought so was. Luke, my point is that he doesn't need to switch the the, the top part, the yeah, offense, because they're going to murder the 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 Real defense unless somehow Sergio Ramos can gain some discipline, which he has not shown in his entire career to have that. The mm-hmm. guy gets cards left and right. On top of that, he has a lot of defensive breakdowns. Even though he's a good player, you know, in space he's good, but. Tactically, as a leader of a defense, he is not shown to be that good. So, I, to be honest with you, I don't think he needs to tinker with the offense at all. All yeah. right, guys, we only got a couple minutes left here. I want official predictions. We are getting towards the end of the school year here, so if, un- unfortunately, Luke is heading home for the summer, and I've got to be graduating in a couple weeks. So, this yeah. will be one of our final shows, and I don't, I don't know if we're going to have 
a real one more. We'll have a World Cup preview show for sure before we before my graduation. But I'm not sure if we're gonna have another another FUVFC normal episode. There really isn't much more to talk about this yeah. season besides the Champions League. But anyway, Luke, please give me your official prediction for this Champions League final. Um, let's see. Four three Real in extra time. I think four three in extra time. Okay, Mir, over to you. I'd say three two, but not in extra time. So three, you're three two Real in not extra time. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay, perfect. And I'm gonna go. I was gonna say three two in extra time, and I'm gonna go with Real Madrid. So all three of us are going with Real Madrid, but I think this is gonna be one of the more fun Champions League finals we've had in recent memory. I would agree. It's going, to be, it's going to be very attack-oriented. It's going to be exciting. Guys, thanks a lot so much for coming on. Mir, it was good talking to you again. And guys, we will talk to you very soon. This is FUV FC.